This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. Hey guys, it's WrestleMania week, and this is the best damn wrestling podcast on the internet. Top Rope Nation, your favorite wrestling trio is here to get ready for the big show this Sunday. First of all, you might hear some dogs barking in the background. That's all right. We got <laughs> Kyle Ross of TopRopePress.com. Kyle, what's going on? I don't know. I think I was barking a little bit before I was supposed to there. <laughs> Whoops. I, I think I, the recording wasn't started yet. I think. Oh, okay. Good. All right. So Kyle was with us last week. We did a kind of a joint show with Oversell Podcast. We previewed WrestleMania fully last week. So if you want to hear our match-by-match previews, you can check out last week's episode. We're going to talk a little bit later on the show today, though, about the matches in general and what we think is trending up and trending down going into the show. Um, But also joining us, making his return, he missed last week's show due to illness. Back with us, Justin Joint in the house. Justin, what's up? Finally! The joint has come back to Top Rope Nation. I am so pumped to be back on this ultimate thrill ride of a podcast. Uh, I'm Justin Joint, lover of the only three leagues that matter, NBA, EPL, and WWE. Uh, And and I have a confession, guys. Uh, Listening to you last week with our good brothers on the Oversell podcast gave me some uh, Glenn Close fatal attraction feelings. I got a, got a little jealous and a little sad that I missed talking WrestleMania with y'all, but don't worry, you're not going to walk into your kitchen to find your beloved pet rabbit boiling or anything like that. <laughs> uh, one quick thing that has to do with uh, optimis- optimism and wishful thinking, uh, this goes back to a podcast two weeks ago. It also unfortunately requires me to give props to Kyle. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Ryan asked us about our anticipation for WrestleMania, and I kind of put on a poo-poo face because some of the matchups weren't uh, lining up how I would have preferred, and I, I, I'm just kind of a lame uh, Kyle then pointed out that this is one of the deepest WrestleMania cards ever and how a lot of matches have uh, good and long-term storytelling uh, going in, and we don't normally get that. Um, so I, I let fantasy booking bring down my excitement level, and I regret that. Uh, the point is that uh, the point is you shouldn't always let your expectations ruin what is right in front of you, especially when uh, what is right in front of you is pretty darn good. You know, seeing the forest for the trees type deal, or uh, don't let an appetizer ruin the main course. Or my favorite saying of them all: you can wish in one hand and Goldberg in the other, and see which one fills up first. <laughs> to to quote Kyle Ross, as Uh-oh. you heard in our intro. Oh no. <laughs> Justin, you're you're still kind of new to the show. Oh, I guess you've been with us for three months. You can never admit Kyle was right about something. <laughs> That's the last time. Like, <laughs> I feel if we zoom out on Justin here, we're gonna see he had like cue cards written for him, like McFoley did on Raw <laughs> or something. Like, That's what they kind of felt like, like like Vince and like drop the hammer down. Like, how dare you go on a podcast and doubt the ultimate thrill ride? <laughs> Come around. This I'm I'm gonna be there obviously and I'm I'm pretty jacked. Um, I'd be um, I'd be stunned if it didn't blow last year's show out of the water. Not that that's you know low bar, bar but um, you know yeah I, I think there's a lot you know maybe there's not going to be an OMG MOTYC for you know what was that term we came up with last week, Ryan. Johnny uh, New Japan. Oh, yeah, Johnny New Japan. That's yeah, Johnny funny. New Japan will not be able to drop feel the snowflakes, perhaps. But, 
you know, I think you got eight programs that are pretty well built here, and that's that's what you're looking at. Well, not only that, unlike a lot of previous WrestleManias, this one seems really unpredictable as far as who's going to win. Um, mm-hmm. like, almost every match, I could see it going either way. Yeah, it all boils down to what they have planned after the show. So, yep. I I still have one really big problem with the show that I got to get off my chest. We'll just oh. do this right off the top of the bat. Uh, the show is going head to head with the World Series champion Chicago Cubs oh, no. kicking off their new year in St. Louis against the hated Cardinals. As you, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, I'm representing Cubby Blue right now, my Cubs T-shirt. I'm looking forward to that, but you know what? Covering the wrestling industry, I'm gonna have to watch WrestleMania live. I'll catch the Cubs game later. There's 161 more, but I'll say this: <laughs> baseball. I don't know why they're starting this week because you have the final four. You know, they're playing the championship game Monday night. It just seems like a silly time to start. Aren't they talking about moving up opening day, too, so the years don't go so late into November? I thought I heard something about that. That would be a mistake. Imagine baseball in Minnesota in March, mid-March. So they can, yeah. I mean, obviously, they couldn't play. I mean, why? So the Twins could never play at home the first week of the year because otherwise you're going to have seven freaking postponements? Yeah. So, well, that's going on Sunday night. Minnesota, remember? Yeah, I wish it would. That new stadium up there, I know Justin's seen it. It looks pretty badass. So I think it'd be an awesome place for a WrestleMania in the future. And you got all the history with the AWA and everything. And yeah, hopefully at some point, it's a nice place. But speaking of history, guys, I wanted to throw off right off the top as we tape this. This is Wednesday, March 29th. This is the 30-year anniversary of WrestleMania 3 at the Pontiac Silverdome. Kind of a historic show, just uh, like the impact the show made. Now, match quality wise, obviously you got Steamboat Savage on that show. And uh, Hogan Andre, though, that's what sold the tickets. I think all of us, we were pretty young kids at the time, whether we saw it live or a couple years later on VHS like I did, that Hogan Andre match really made an impact on me and probably drew me into becoming you know, the big fan that I was at the time But uh, and still am. I know Kyle has some deep thoughts on WrestleMania 3, though, kind of a hot take. And I'm, you said in pre-show... You got a hot take on WrestleMania 3. I don't know about deep thoughts. I mean, so, I I, I've been wondering what you're going to say here, so I, I got to hear it. Go ahead. Oh, um, well, first off, it's funny. You know, we talk about, you know, where we were in life and wrestling fandom there. That was the first wrestling pay-per-view. Um, I did not watch it live, but it was like the first big show um, after I became a fan. Like, I started watching regularly, like, pretty late 86. So, you know, there's always a special um, kind of vibe and place in my heart that show has. But I still think it's the best WrestleMania of all time. You call it the best Wrestle? Wait, what? <laughs> the best <laughs> WrestleMania of all time? Really? Yeah, just, just the best WrestleMania. Just because of like the impact the show made, and uh, I mean, yeah, because when you talk, I mean, what's the common complaint nowadays from podcasts such as this one? Booking. Yeah, the show's perfectly booked. What are you going to change on that show? It's got the most famous match ever, Hogan Andre. The best match. Eh, I know some people you know, have kind of rallied behind Slaughter Chic from MSG um, as the better, as the best WWE match of the 80s instead of Savage Steamboat, whatever. Um, I think Savage Steamboat still gets that honor. And then Piper Adonis. I don't know why that's kind of gone so overlooked historically. Maybe it's because you could not do that Adrian Adonis character in 2017, certainly what they were going for, um, or, or the fact that he kind of just, he was done after that. But you're not going to find a stronger three matches at the top ever in the history of wrestling than that show i mean i i'd say most impactful wrestlemania but man to say best i'd gotta disagree with you there well i'll tell you why it's better than the consensus choice 17 17 features maybe the worst booking decision in company history the heel turn of steve austin funny you should mention that because Justin and I, last weekend, <laughs> we actually went out for some adult beverages with another friend of ours, and uh, we were talking about that, actually, WrestleMania 17, and Justin and my buddy Tim got into a little back and forth on the ending of <laughs> WrestleMania 17, so it's, it's funny that you mentioned that, but I agree with Justin. I mean, I think, yeah, most impactful, no doubt. I'd agree with that, but if I'm going to say best WrestleMania of all time, I have to go with the one that I, if I could pick any of the 32 editions, the one that I would sit down and watch straight through and choose to watch, and that'd be 17, no doubt, for me. I just, 
I don't know. Like that ending is so bad. Like Steve Austin did a great job with as far as like his character's a heel, but you know, people bitch about, you know, Kevin Owens losing to Goldberg. The impact that that match had is so minimal compared to what they did with Steve Austin on that show. I mean, that is like an atrocious decision. Why? Like, why? I, Tell me why you think that. I, I know it didn't work out like I mean, have you ever looked at the business? I mean, the business literally nosedived. That was like the that was the start of when post mania. I mean, the years before, the three years before, I want to say four years before, actually, going back to ninety seven, business had picked up actually post mania every year. Those years, you know, now we're kind of used to just a little bit of a, a, a decline, and then it steadily goes down the rest of the year. But ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand, business kept going up. Two thousand one, it nosedived. When Steve Austin turned heel, I mean, I would argue it is the worst booking decision in the history of the WWE to turn him heel. There's just I couldn't even the WrestleMania three equivalent of that would be had Hulk Hogan turned heel, embraced Bobby Heenan, and it would just be all and the whole thing on Andre was just a big ruse, and that obviously would be the stupidest thing anyone's ever seen. That's the equivalent of what they did with Steve Austin. Yeah, I think the data backs up what you say about that being possibly the worst booking decision of all time the yeah the heel turn was a massive flop from what i remember at the time um there was some talk about turning rock also but they didn't want to because they were worried about how that would impact like his hollywood numbers because this was right when he was starting to kind of transition um, yeah he left he left for a little bit after this to like SummerSlam. yeah I think that was that might have been when he was that was that when he went out to film Scorpion King or was that the next, I can't remember maybe this, this was is when he first, went out. this was Mum, the first movie related absence he did Mummy Returns then yeah um, but I just remember maybe it was after that or there was some debate that like Rock couldn't turn heel because he's going to Hollywood and he won't sell as many tickets and uh, but, it's funny because he was the one who got booed on all the big shows over the next year and a half. Yeah, Something when he finally turned and he came back in the spring of 03 as a heel, he did some awesome segments. I always remember that segment he did in Sacramento. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> when the Lakers beat the Kings' ass in yeah. May. Yeah, that was great. great, great I just great. think, to me, when like that needs to be accounted for. Yeah, the wrestling might be better on 17, but man, oof. I don't what think an awful might be about it. The wrestling is a thousand times better on WrestleMania. I don't know if a thousand, I like, I don't know. I do. <laughs> I mean, there's some duds on 17. Go through the card. I mean, there's some, like, freaking test Eddie Guerrero. Well, I mean, outside Western of... souls, but, I mean, that's no good. Outside of the three you named on WrestleMania 3, those were all duds. I mean, they had I a wouldn't go that far at all. I think, I think some of the stuff there was... I mean, hell, most of them, I don't even know if when they went five minutes. What does that matter, though? That's Johnny New Japan. You, you gotta... No. <laughs> that's gotta, Johnny New gonna be our, We gotta... We gotta we got to get a new T-shirt with Johnny New Japan on it. it has to happen. Because, like, actually, to be honest, it's funny because, like, Savage Steamboat, I mentioned that some people, as the years have gone by, have moved to, like, Slaughter, that Slaughter Sheik boot camp match um, in 84 is the best WWF match of the 80s. To me, like, I actually respect what Savage and Steamboat did that night even more now 30 years after the fact because it was basically a sprint. That's not the kind of, like, now a great WWE match it just kind of follows a certain pattern and formula. Those two did something that I don't dare. I say, I don't know if anyone on the current roster is capable of doing that match. Hmm. I mean, that was a 14 minute sprint. They did. They didn't get 25 minutes uh, of finisher prostitution and ref. There was a ref bump, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, they didn't get all the bells and whistles. I mean, that's a really hard match to do. When's the last time you saw a, a 14-minute sprint that good in WWE? Probably never. Yeah, I, I agree the build to three, though, is is one of the yeah, best. The, ever, the booking but... is unbelievable. All the memorable yeah. angles. I mean, 17, I mean, it had that silly battle royal. You know, I mean, there was stuff that wasn't that good. I mean, Kane versus Raven versus the big show. I mean, there, there were some duds on that. I mean, yeah, look, you... they're the two best by far, but, I mean, you got to pick nits, and to me, I don't know. So if, if I gave you two blu-rays and i said you're watching straight through wrestlemania 3 or 17 you're gonna watch three straight through yes Ooh, <laughs> man i could not agree with that <laughs> i agree the build was probably better although it was remember 17, the build the 17 wasn't good except 
I mean, well, Austin and Rock's build was excellent. Yeah, but unfortunately, they put Limp Biscuit over that. <laughs> it's true, but man, I you know I'm not a big Limp Biscuit fan, but the My Way video with leading in that was great stuff. But you know, it was the a good video, song. but like they only gave him like what a couple weeks to do. Like they shot, they did that one really great sit down interview. I think it was with Jim Ross. Yeah, yeah, where but, Austin was talking about how he needed this win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like yeah. I, the build, if you go back, I mean, like. Take a match like Triple H Undertaker. That like that build was no good. Yeah, I I would still rather watch Triple H Undertaker than probably seventy five percent of the matches on WrestleMania three. I don't know. You got that. You got Austin Rock. Obviously, I'm looking at the card. The tagged the TLC match at yep. X seven was good. Um, you've got Angle and Benoit. Yep. They did. Uh, better. They had better matches. Shane and Mr. McMahon. Vince, that was actually you know, really was, good. That, that was a good that match. Was really, the ending with that, that was probably Linda McMahon's greatest contribution to pro wrestling. That angle. <laughs> Jericho and Regal. That wasn't that good. Yeah, but it's, and by it's the way, you took a terrible build. The, the build was over him pissing in William Regal's tee. <laughs> pretty awful build. True. But I mean, come on. When it comes down to watching the matches, I'm, I'm taking X7 all day. You, you, new Johnny, New Japan's man. <laughs> All right, so yeah, 30th anniversary of WrestleMania three. Kyle's favorite Hulk Hogan main eventing that show. You uh, no, and the match isn't good, but I mean, you can't deny the impact. Yeah, you can't. The most you famous can't. professional wrestling match that ever happened. And as Hulk Hogan once said, he tore every muscle in his back as he slammed Andre that night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even though he wrestled like a week or two later. But. There's a lot of good underrated, like the the six man on three, the Bulldogs and Santana against Danny Davis and the Hearts. That's a fun six man. Where Mary Hart calls a pile driver instead of Girl Munson. <laughs> That match, um, Savage Steamboat, Hogan Andre, those are probably the only matches. Like really, really good. Oh, well, yeah, it's decent. Those are like the only matches off that card I would want to watch. I don't know. That's crazy to me. <laughs> so, uh, so Kyle is going as we said. He's going to Orlando. You're taking mm-hmm. in a lot of shows over the next few days. Yeah. Safe travels to you on your way down to Orlando. But so, how many shows exactly? Morning. How many shows are you going to then? What's your schedule? Lay it out. We're doing Evolve tomorrow night. Uh, Progress and Evolve on Friday. Uh, probably the WWN Live Super Show Saturday night. Um, and then Mania, obviously, Sunday, and then Raw Monday. So you're not going to TakeOver? No. Couldn't get tickets or just didn't want to go? Um, We got the WWN Live package, and the Super Show was actually going opposite. It originally because you know this year they switched the hall of fame and takeover nights and that kind of threw us off because we were anticipating takeover being on friday night we had nothing we left friday open but um once we got that package and you know honestly takeover is you know i know they said we all said it going into the last one eh, this is kind of the least amount of interest i've got going in one of these in a long time and it's more than delivered um but you know i kind of feel that way again and that's a disturbing trend with the nxt brand I agree. Justin used to write the NXT reviews for TopRoPress.com. How how are you feeling about Takeover? Do you have any excitement headed in, Justin, or what are your thoughts on that show on uh, Saturday night? I watched uh, the last half of Oni Larkin and uh, uh, Cian Almas the other day, and that is the only NXT I've watched in months. I will still definitely watch the show. I'm excited for it. They're normally all pretty good shows, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, just Raw and SmackDown take up way too much of my wrestling week, so don't have the time for NXT. And there, to me, there's there's not a lot going on. That's titillating. <laughs> uh, is that, by the way, Kyle? That Progress show is that during the afternoon on Friday? It is. It's, yeah, I believe it's twelve o'clock noon. Okay. Believe so while we're at work, you're going to be watching Pro Grabs. Yeah. And, and Evolve is at 4 o'clock. They're back-to-back in the same place. So looking forward to that. Some guys are working both shows, actually. I was going to ask you, so of the indie shows you're going to, what are you most looking forward to seeing? Matt Riddle, by yeah. far, to see the hype. I mean, a lot of people consider him to be, you know, as far as catching on to being a pro wrestler um, in such a short amount of time, people are kind of comparing what he did last year with um, you know, Kurt Angle his first year. In the business in terms of just being able to pick it up like that and just seeing a star so i'm really interested to see him um you know obviously 
on pro there will be a WWE title defended on the Progress show. The UK title is being defended on that show. So that's I right. Think somebody tweeted something out about the last time a WWE title was defended on a non WWE show. I can't remember what it was now. It's bothering me. But uh, uh, been was a long that hard at the Terry Funk retirement show in like '97 in Texas. I wonder if that's it. I want that might be it. It's the only time I can think of. Like that's not even recent history. It's 20 years ago. But yeah. <laughs> to me, it doesn't seem that long ago. Yeah, and then then you know, you know, I, I think like before they did that bad light heavyweight division before they brought it back, there actually was a WWF light heavyweight title. Most people don't remember that in the ladies. I think it was actually on the line in the J crown, the 96 J crown, maybe. I don't know. If I'm, but that's really stretched the boundaries. Again, it's a big deal. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. It's kind of funny. I mean, people talk about NXT. To me, you know, we know the deals progress and evolve have with WWE. Um, it's kind of the same thing. You know, it's a lot of future talent. Yeah, there's a lot of it's better than what they have in NXT. I mean, not obviously at the top. Bobby Roode and Shinsuke Nakamura are more than main roster ready. It's kind of comical that they're both not there yet um but man i, I don't know to me i'm looking forward I, I i'm personally looking forward to being it part of it's because i'm going to be there but watching those shows more than i would on xt i hope you're taking some of your top rope press gear to florida to represent I will. <laughs> although i'll tell you what with the pounds i've put on <laughs> that shirt ain't looking so great man these days was i gotta i was in good shape back when i had you send that last shirt no oh, boy <laughs> belly I gotta, yeah, I gotta send you the Top Rope Nation shirt yet. I got one here for you. I just gotta send it to you. But uh, yeah, speaking of which, you guys are listening right now. Pro Wrestling Tees this weekend for Mania, they're running a 15% off sale on all t shirts. So you go on there, you can pick up your Johnny Wrestling shirt. I believe they're still selling. No Johnny New Japan shirts yet, but you can pick up a Top Rope Press shirt. We got Top Rope Nation podcast shirts. That's probably, I'm not gonna lie, it's probably the best one. Uh, the, The Top Rope Nation logo on it. Um, so we got good stuff on there. You go to prowrestlingtees.com slash top row press and support the website, support the show. Um, so I'm actually thinking about speaking of all these shows you're going to do, Kyle, I'm thinking about getting flow slam at least just for this weekend. Cause there's so many shows that are going to be on there. It might be worth it. Yeah. I hear there's kind of some issues been going on with that. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I figure it might be worth 20 bucks to check out. Yeah, it, it will be. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of stuff and you know, I mean, Evolve always puts on good stuff. Everything I've been ever, it will always get a hold of. Yeah. So yeah. Speaking of, uh, streaming services guys, we have to talk about South Southpaw pro wrestling and what your thoughts are on the late. I guess it's not really on the streaming service. It's on the YouTube page. I can't believe they didn't put this on the WWE network. But if you haven't seen it, there's like four five-minute shorts. Um, on It's like this 80s parody starring several WWE superstars. I think Rusev, to me, was the highlight on there. John Cena's pretty good. He's going to really say. Like, even if he's not like what he's saying, is it funny? Um, the character he's doing, his character work is like really incredible how he's nailing that role. Yeah. Justin, your thoughts? Uh, same thing. I thought... John Cena was the standout for me. He was fantastic. And I did realize that uh, we finally saw uh, your new favorite wrestler, Elvis Wesley. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, not really. I hate that (laughs) Elvis parody stuff, to be honest with you. But it was pretty funny. And we also learned that how widely underrated is Brazongo. Oh, yeah. I mean, these guys are just fantastic. They're good entertainers. Yeah, I mean, they're getting buried, but with the current gimmick, but uh, it's not probably headed anywhere. I'd love to watch that. I'd, see, I'd love to see them work a house show match for Zango. I think like if you gave them like a little bit of time just to kill, I think they'd just be fun to watch. I saw them three or four weeks ago at a house show. How they? How were they? They're pretty funny. They got a decent reaction from the crowd. Actually, they got a better reaction from the crowd than uh, American Alpha did. <laughs> to be honest with, you. I'm dead dead honest. Uh, American Alpha, they came out was like crickets. And Brizongo actually got a little bit of a reaction. People were laughing. There was some guys, really drunk guys, sitting next to me that you could tell were just kind of like they just went for something to do. They didn't really watch the product. But like, who the hell are these guys? They were laughing their asses off at them, though. So they did what they were supposed to do. They're entertaining. By the way, speaking of American Alpha, I laughed really hard because the tweet that you sent came across as almost angry a few weeks ago about American Alpha's music. Oh, God, their theme is terrible. You are just 
Uh, who, you, I mean, that one, you wanted that one to go right to Jim Johnson, I think. <laughs> that one, this team needs new music immediately. <laughs> and like, I'm like, yeah, their music does kind of blow. It's true. There's like nothing to it. It's got these little like high pitched noises. It's like dead silence half the time. That is an awful, awful theme song. It sounds like it sounds like a lighter version of the the Hulk Hogan song that they had originally planned for him to come out to in the eighties. I think it's on like the wrestling album or something. I'm gonna when I, in post production I'm gonna insert it right now in the back background you'll be hearing it right now. But it it I don't know, for some reason it reminds me of that song, but it's like lighter doesn't fit their gimmick at all it, it never bothered me until you pointed it out and now it really bothers me <laughs> it is it's true it's a terrible theme song like these guys need something high energy get some guitars and drums in there or something more bass i don't know it's just like, nothing to the song at all they're just they're just too white meat i think it's kind of a gimmick that you know them sort of not getting over to the degree that they'd hoped as baby faces kind of reminds me a little bit uh i'm going Pretty obscure here. Of remember when they brought Furnace and Lafon in? Yeah, brought, you know uh, Dan Crawford and uh, uh, Doug Furnace, and like yeah. they were doing everything right. They pushed them. Remember they they won at Survivor Series '96, their first night in the company, but they just never got over because it was just kind of like in a passe white meat babyface team. If I could bring it around to WrestleMania three, if you'd like, it's kind of like doing the Can Am connection in 2017. <laughs> You know, Martell and Zink were great workers, and at the time that worked, but now nobody really wants that. <laughs> I got a funny Can Am connection story. Uh, this this guy's one of my good friends now, but when we like became friends in high school, I was like walking in my car in the parking lot, and he had heard I was a big wrestling fan, and he came out to me, introduced himself, and the first, I shit you not, the first thing he said to me was like, how long have you been watching wrestling, and what was your thoughts on the Can Am connection? <laughs> I'm not kidding you. <laughs> Wow, that's pretty specific. I mean, the Can-Ams were not together very long. I know. This was in probably like 2000. <laughs> this conversation happened. But he loved the Can-Am connection, man. Wow, that eight-month run. They were supposed to be tag champs before uh, Tom Zink got a hold of Rick Martel's W-2s. <laughs> yeah, you know, with American Alpha, what I'm doing, if they're worried about hurting the depth in NXT, seriously, they need a rehab run. I'd send them down, and I'd bring Revival up after Mania. I wouldn't bring them Set them down. I would, I would definitely tweak what they're doing with them, though. They needed more. You know that knee, when they did that knee injury angle, that probably was not well timed. They needed to be on TV just squashing people right yeah. out the gate. And you know they kind of, well, Cena said it. I can, I can say it too. They look like pussies. <laughs> that you know doing that angle so quickly. I think that they could benefit just being off the main roster television for a while. And I think going to NXT could help them, like like you're saying, get a makeover. They could start the new gimmick down there and then come back up. But I think that, speaking of this SmackDown tag division. They don't even have, have a title match. Yeah, no match at Mania, right? No title match at Mania. That tells you the status of that and their thoughts on American Alpha right now. Yeah, because it makes you wonder if they're even going back to alpha at this point. Yeah. And, you know, there's going to be a big call up. I don't know if, I mean, you know, the Hardys are coming in. Um, the revival's going to get called up. I don't know who's going to what brand, you know, the Hardys as baby faces would make sense to go to SmackDown, but me thinks they're going to go to raw. So, uh, I saw a tweet earlier today. I can't remember who sent it out, but they said, one of the biggest missteps of the brand split was not putting the women's all the women on one brand and all the tag teams on the other brand. And we talked about it at the time about maybe that would be a good idea. What do, what do you think about that? Either of you. Um, ahead, I'm okay with how it is. They just, they need a few more ladies on raw so we can get some different storylines and whatnot. But yeah, and honestly, SmackDown would be fine, too. I'm just not big into this kind of random every woman involved uh, title match at Mania. Just kind of weird. Yeah. Well, the the SmackDown women's roster changed a lot from what they originally had planned. And uh, speaking of which, Kyle, it looks like your favorite, Eva Marie, may not ever return to the company. That's too bad. Did you drink? Did you drink heavily this week I when did. you heard about I that? Did. I did. I looked at that stock photo we have of her in the back end of the website and just drank heavily. And 
thought about thought about better times, man. About <laughs> better better times. days. But to, to answer your question, I go back and forth on that. There's certainly arguments pro and con about having the women all on one show and the tag team on the other show. The who whichever show got the women would probably come out better because Vince McMahon has never ever shown any inclination to have tag teams be um you know any kind of top draw or any draw period i mean really wwe is like the only company in the history of pro wrestling that never main evented with its tag teams Mm -hmm. Um, so i mean there may have been some examples but mega powers well yeah i mean like a legit tag team yeah i get it yeah yeah like a like a not super team like that so yeah, it's that tag division on on both sides. They're just so thin, and there's only so many directions they can go. And we talked about this too. When you have a big show like Mania or SummerSlam, you've always got the issue of kind of, you know, you have to have two women's title matches, two tag. T- I mean, they don't have two tag title matches on WrestleMania, but you know what I'm saying. It just kind of like eats up space on your card. It's like, oh crap, we have to have two women's matches. I actually have no issue with the women's match. SmackDown women's match being on the pre-show. I know some people think it's hideous demotion, but you know, I don't know. It's kind of weird having two women's title matches on the same show. I think I think it kind of sucks they're not on the main show. I have a little bit of a problem with it. It's it's the show still. I mean, the pre-show. What does that mean? I mean, you know, I mean, pay-per-view yeah. really doesn't. Well, I, I agree with that. It's it, if you it, when someone goes to watch the show like in future years though, and they click on WrestleMania 33, the the match is not even on there. Are you that's, sure? Yeah, you'd have, you have to click the kickoff show to watch it. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's not that big of a deal. Well, it's kind of like the match doesn't exist on the show. Well, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not Huckster Nacho Man in 96 on the Choice, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, you saw my tweet I sent out on that, I hope. No, I didn't. Yeah, uh, well, this gets into the Goldberg discussion. We haven't gotten oh, there yet. No. <laughs> well, the thing is... In 96, WWF was making fun of Hogan and Savage, of course, the old guys, geriatrics, right? Mm-hmm. Nacho Man, all that. At the <laughs> time, in 1996, Hogan and Savage were nearly a decade younger than Bill Goldberg is right now. That's true, but, you know, Goldberg's a young 50. <laughs> he's, a, he's a young 50. He didn't work that much. So he doesn't he's have got gray in his goatee if you saw the tweet Justin sent out this week. Yeah, he doesn't have as much tread on the tires. It's weird that Vince back then, I wonder if this is kind of like him, you know, sticking with the old guys now is sort of um, a reaction to how quickly he was willing to put these guys, write these guys off in the 90s. Because, you know, writing Hogan off and Savage off as quick and Piper off as quick as he did came back to bite him, obviously, because WCW signed them and, you know, obviously had their best era ever using old WWF guys at the top. And I wonder if some of that plays into why we see Vince kind of sticking with the old old hands on top now so much. Well, the counter to that is he also was kind of forced well, not forced to, but he was pushing these younger guys that ended up being big draws, and maybe that's what he's missing out on now. Well, yeah, but if you remember, the guys he went with, you know, as much as I love Brett and Sean, didn't really work. It wasn't until all those guys were long gone and he had to do something when he'd got rid of all, you know, um, that Austin well, Brent, Brent and Sean brought on the Attitude Era, though, which yeah, profitable period in company history, I guess. I wouldn't give them too much credit there for that. Well, okay. <laughs> Brett and Austin, though, is the angle that turned around business in 97. Yeah, it was. It was. the Yeah, that, that was. Yes, for sure. And then Sean, DX. That Sean, yeah, was different. I mean, but like, you know, babyface Sean on top didn't really work yeah yeah no i agree nor did babyface brett for that matter well it was a lot better than kevin nash on top yes that that is very accurate yes any yes but i think i think if you go to the birth of the attitude era and what brought that on it's the austin Hart angle and dx and then eventually the screw job that made mcmahon a character Mm -hmm. like those three i was referring to like 94 96 brett and sean when they were When they were trying to build around the build them up as the top baby faces to carry the company, mm-hmm. that didn't work. Neither instance. Yeah. So, um, speaking of what works and what doesn't work, let's go right into that WrestleMania discussion. So, if we're looking at this as each match is a stock on the stock market, um, what do we think is trending up 
what do we think is trending down heading into the show this Sunday? Um, let's start with the – you guys want to start with trending down or trending up? Start positive or negative here? <laughs> negative. All right, negative. What's trending down in your opinion, Justin, as of right now? Uh, it's it's nothing on them. It just doesn't seem like they've really been doing much with them. But uh, the Jericho Owens feud is for me has kind of lost a little bit of the steam it had. Oh. Still, still looking forward to it, but in the p- past couple of weeks, what have they done? I liked that angle two weeks ago, where he ate the list of Jericho. That was fun. Yeah. I think that's kind of like neutral. I wouldn't say down from for me personally, but uh, I'm I'm still more interested in that than what is the universal title match. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would say, yeah, you could go either way on that one. That's for sure. I think obviously the the SmackDown women's match is trending down. We talked about that. Um, that kind of why it's on the pre-show. Um, Kyle, give me something trending down. Wyatt Orton is my pick. Oh I'm yeah. Just- I'll be honest with you, of the main eight men's matches on this show, I, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll put the mixed tag as a, a men's match just for the sake of argument. There's Each brand has four top matches. That's the one I think I'm looking forward to the least. When you talk about the two title matches, um, Roman Undertaker, the mixed tag, Triple H Rollins, um, the, the IC match, AJ Shane, the U.S. title match. I think of those eight Ray Wyatt, Randy Orton is the one I'm looking forward to the least. I just, build has not been for me. Yeah, too I agree soon. with that. Too mid-90s taker. <laughs> Doesn't work in 2017 very well, I think you could say. Um, I'd, focus Pocus is what I think I yeah. want to focus SmackDown reveal. It's it's way too hokey. Um, you know, that 18 to 49 age group demographic that they covet so much. I don't know how much that plays to those guys. Um. I would say, what else is trending down? Uh, the Andre Battle Royal. I mean, does anyone really care? Yeah, they, they didn't even try with that. I mean, that, that's basically going to be, what do we think? It's going to be show and Strowman tossing everyone and then just coming face to face. Yeah. Um, should we go right to trending up? Or you guys have anything else on the, on the downside? I'm looking at the card right now. I know which match I would say is trending up the most. I know which my pick is, too. Triple H, Rollins? Yes, yes. Yeah. Triple H, Rollins, they've got that peaking at the right time. Yeah, they've that is. job the last couple of weeks. Best segment by far on on Raw. I think the injury to Seth Rollins, we we talked a lot about how his babyface run was such a failure the last couple months. But, man, that latest injury, as awful as it is for him personally, might have been like the guys. best thing to happen to him. Yeah, it's really sure. reinvigorated his uh, his run as a face. I think so. Yeah, that's my that's my pick. Uh, trending up number one, Justin. What do you think's trending up? Um, I would say, uh, well, the tag match, which I had zero interest in, is now something I'm looking forward to. It now that it's a ladder match. Although the downside is they don't really have the the flippy guy to do all the stunts. It's just basically a bunch of bruisers, but it, it's still, for me, it's way more interesting than it was previous to the stipulation. Just, just throw Enzo off the top of the ladder. Nobody. He's going to take a big bump. I think he's going to, he's, he's going to take a big bump. He's there. You know, I kind of like how they could do maybe a different ladder match because you're never going to get, you know, we talked about WrestleMania 17 at the top of the show. You're never going to get Hardy's edge and Christian Dudley's game. They're not doing those spots anymore. They're just mm-hmm. not. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, people can want them, but you know, you've got you had guys who you know got really injured a lot, and you know, in some cases it wasn't good. You know, cut edge. You know, those matches cut edges career short, probably. Um, so th- this could be kind of and Cesaro in there, he's going to be the glue guy. There's no doubt about it. So, um, yeah. But but the other clear trending up to me, Triple H Rollins, I agreed with you there, is the mixed tag with Cena and Nikki against Miz and Maurice. The creative there has just been outstanding the last couple of weeks with the parodies of Total Bellas and seeing his promo work. Um, wow. I mean, that's that, that's that shaping up is probably um, one of the most heated matches on the card. Justin, I know you weren't with us last week, so if you want to throw out any predictions or where you think they should go in these matches, feel free. We've, we talked about it last week at length, but um, I was going to point out with that match, are we all in agreement that Miz and Marie should win? They should. I don't know if they will, though. 
Yeah, I don't know. Oh, the, man, they emasculated them in that segment, and for them just to lose after that? Yeah, yeah. storyline-wise, Cena and Nikki probably need to win, but just the, the smirk in me would love to see the Miz go over. Yeah, I think long-term-wise, since Cena's going to be gone, Nikki's not going to wrestle full-time anymore. Miz, Miz has much more to gain long-term from you know pinning John Cena on a WrestleMania, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen, especially if if they actually are going to do the whole proposal thing, which would be one of the most predictable in history. But <laughs> I think they've got to do it at this point. Yeah, I, I hope that John has actually already proposed, and this isn't like the real thing. Because if Nikki's been waiting for this like for years, and it's this predictable, that's a bit of a letdown. I'm going to make sure people are cheering. By the way, in that crowd, that would be hideous <laughs> to people. You know, a nice moment like that, and people are booing. A bunch of single dudes booing. Hey, I, I do have a couple things uh, that you guys talked about last week. Uh, two things that surprised me quite a bit is everybody, uh, I heard the word obvious thrown out a lot talking about uh, Corbin is going to go over Dean Ambrose. And I, I don't think it's that obvious. I mean, I could easily see them. They set up Ambrose for a long IC reign. I mean, obviously, it can go either way, but. I, I called that this year's AJ Jericho match where it seemed obvious last year that AJ would win and then Jericho won. I think this match is in that slot for me where I think storyline wise, you would think, you know, they're building up Baron Corbin. He should win. But I think Ambrose is probably going to win personally. Both guys were not on. They, they did nothing for that angle on the go home show on SmackDown. That was a little surprising. And it that was a good comparison. I thought you made last week, Ryan, saying that. You know, everyone's expecting the title change, so maybe they don't. I hate when they do that, though. To me, the title should go to Baron Corbin. Mm-hmm. If we're doing our the top rope uh, press, you know, who should, who will um, gimmick. Uh, who should win is Baron Corbin. Yeah. Because along with Miz, they need, you know, if AJ's going to Raw, like we've that's been rumored, they need top heels on this brand. So they need somebody to get some wins on that side. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what do you think about it? Do you think, Justin, do you think, uh, do you think Corbin should win or are you on the other side of the fence there? Uh, I honestly don't have too strong of an opinion. I, I, I think Corbin's fine if he does lose because I, I deem Ambrose as a top guy, but uh, I, I'm Dick Corbin, so I'm all right if he wins. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, what it means for after that, I don't, I'm not too concerned with because I can just switch it right back to, Ambrose if need be or whatever. What do you guys think about this Taker Reigns match? Is that trending up or down? Up. Up. Yeah, I'm stoked. Um part for our uh, beer summit this weekend that we had uh I think I got into a bit of an argument with Tim about uh Roman Reigns too how for me he's basically already a heel. He he's a heel to Smarks and a face to Marks. And mm-hmm. I I really hope he just crushes the undertaker i hope it's super punch city um just makes all the uh the smart sad because his straw reaches across the arena and drinks the smart tears <laughs> damn it I do have, uh, I, i'm gonna have to remake the intro to the show now because i like that quote you just said i'm gonna have to put that <laughs> with our music now at the beginning would you say he's a heel to the smarks and a face to the marks i like that yeah yeah and i i have an idea to kind of spice up this match just a little bit more. So it's about whose yard it is. A battle between the two big dogs. Special guest referee, Michael Vick. Oh, my. Oh, oh, no? Man. no? Oh. What, what do you think of Hold on here. Let's get, let's get, let, let's get, let's get a, a special opinion on, on Mike Vick here. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Oh, here comes the dog. He had to do it. There he is. <laughs> You're watching us on YouTube right now. Zuki, what do you think about Mike Vick? Fuck him. <laughs> He's never spoken like that before. Just for the record, I am a dog person. I think okay. Vick is. I Mike, Vick, Mike Vick paid his debt to society. I have no issue with him anymore. But um, how did you get in here, by the way? All the more reason you guys need to be watching us live on YouTube. Patreon.com yes, slash Top Rope Nation. Get access. $1 a month. You can see. I start Kyle's grabbing dog. dogs and putting them on video. Yeah. <laughs> Me and uh, Kyle were talking before we came on air, and uh, Undertaker matches make me uncomfortable now. I don't know if I, I, I'm getting older and coming to terms with my own uh, uh, mortality, but 
ever you know ever oh. since <laughs> ever since like sting getting injured and honestly undertaker at wrestlemania 30 it's just i it's kind of cringeworthy uh i'm just more worried about him than i am excited to see him wrestle but the match should be good hopefully i think uh Reigns should be able to carry him to something special <laughs> Who that never imagined we would say that Reigns will be able to carry him. Roman Reigns is an <laughs> underrated worker. He's miscast in that babyface role, but he's, my God, was that promo incredible on Raw Monday night. Yeah, well, he's I, had some good ones talking about how, like, even going back to the one with HBK where, like, he retired you, but I'm going to retire him. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That match is trending up. His uh, promo work has been so, because you're right. He, they know that it's not like WWE people like oh what WWE I can't believe they thought he'd get cheered doing that they don't think that they don't they put him out there in Philly I mean he was laughing when he came out there and said you know I won the Royal Rumble 2015 Royal Rumble in here in Philly and he had that big shit eating grin on his face that was absolutely <laughs> outstanding my hats off to Roman Reigns one of the finest human beings in the WWE. Oh my god! About half our viewership just turned turned this off right now. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Why? Because of that? Yeah, people no. hate this guy. Well, I mean, you know, hey, I'll tell you what. When it's his yard, there's gonna be a strict no trespassing sign for the mark. <laughs> <laughs> the smarks are the new marks, you know. I think I think Roman Reigns is a, a much better worker than people give him credit yeah. for. I I don't like the way he's booked at all, but that's not his fault. I think he's a lot better in the ring than people credit for i agree with that you know here's a quote too you know uh justin's quote made me think of that great old brian pilman quote when he threw it right back at those ecw fans faces remember when he showed up at the ecw arena he was he was working he was doing the he had just done the big angle at super brawl with kevin sullivan and he showed up at in ecw and he said you know what's a mark a mark is a guy who believes that oj didn't do it and a mark is each and every one of you sorry sons of bitches <laughs> that was one of the most incredible things and the place just went silent oh man is that on the network no that's it's cyber slam 96 i don't think it's on the network it oh. is one of the most incredible promos it's the one that, that they talk about a lot on the dvd it's yeah. the one where he uh looks right in the camera and Calls Bischoff a piece of shit, and yeah, I, I vaguely remember it. I I need to rewatch that. No, that I mean, it is one of the most amazing promos ever. Yeah, when he, what's the other line? You know what Eric Bischoff is? Eric Bischoff is each and every one of you MF and smart marks rolling the one giant piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the most uh, incredible things I've ever seen. Oh man, Pillman was the best. Yeah, yeah. Pillman never got the run that he deserved. No, he was too he was too far ahead of his time with that gimmick and. But boy, if he, that Humvee accident—if he actually could have came into WWF and been able to go mm -hmm. right from the start, things would have been a lot different. Oh yeah, I mean, they, I mean, he was the first guaranteed deal they gave. Mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. forget about that. Yeah. Before Vince, just he didn't give. You know, he he gave opportunities before Brian Pillman. <laughs> as he liked to say. Yeah, as he liked to say. Uh, I'll tell you one I really think is is trending up because I think this could be the the best match on the show: Neville and Austin Aries. Yes, and I, I think it's actually a good thing they, they got moved to kickoff because that should allow them more time to mm -hmm. put on something special. Yeah. It's interesting that the this is by far the most interesting match the division's had since being reborn. And it's interesting that neither guy came from the Cruiserweight class. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's really the, the big thing. they've Really the only thing they've been pushing on uh, 205 Live for the last several weeks. Most yeah. of the show has been geared around that, so... Yeah, we got that one. Uh, Shane and AJ, up or down? Up. I, ever since he did that beat down uh, in the backstage area, it's it's been up for me. I'd say up too. I, I'm still not uh, not really looking forward to the match itself that much, but I think uh, storyline wise, it's been built up better. One of my favorite parts on oops, sorry. One well, of my favorite parts on SmackDown was when AJ pointed out to Shane, it's like, hey, but this is a match. This, you know. This is not a gimmick match for, you know, things for you to jump off of or smash through. No, this is between the ropes. Yeah. The good irony, line. though, is I think that's a mistake. Why would you do that with Shane McMahon? <laughs> like, yeah, I no, feel I like that's not a good use of Shane McMahon. Like, I don't want to catch his catch can match with Shane McMahon. You guys have seen their building. You've seen the entranceway, I assume, on Twitter mm -hmm. with the pictures. It's like there's a big roller coaster, the massive ramp. So, obviously, you guys think Shane's doing something off the roller coaster? 
I mean, what else are they paying him for? Awesome. I know he's got to be. <laughs> yeah, he's got to. I mean, that, it is one of the most insane WrestleMania setups I've ever seen. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing the finished product. What yeah, I tell you what, if if Lesnar doesn't kill Goldberg walking down that ramp, will. <laughs> I liked on our Twitter account, Justin. He posted the picture of uh, uh, from Airplane, where he's just like yeah. drenched in sweat, and you're talking about that's going to be Goldberg and Lesnar coming down the I ramp. I think that match is going to be because it's funny. You guys talk about how AJ and Shane is trending up for you, and to me, it's that's solely because like I think people were kind of like not into the idea of that match. Like that was one of the last. That uh, I think of all the big matches, that was the last one that they actually got the angle going on TV. I mean. It, to be honest, I mean, if you're not someone who reads the internet, you're just watching the TV, you wouldn't be clued into that match until they did the angle that Justin talked about when he threw Shane through the window. Um, so, you know, that was a great angle, and there hasn't been too much time for it to come down from that. I think, what, there's just been two weeks? That was three weeks ago they did that angle? Yeah, I think that's so, right. So, um, you know, I, my point is Brock and Goldberg, Coming from a low bar, I think that match is going to exceed expectations. Bold prediction right here. <laughs> Goldberg-Lesnar will exceed expectations. So would you bar. say it's trending up then? I don't know if it's trending up. I'm going to hold on that one. I thought Heyman did a hell of a, cut a hell of a promo on Monday night. Yeah, I, I might put that one as trending down personally. I do Not have that some, I thought it was great. but Something uh, in regards to that match, Goldberg-Lesnar and... Uh, Something you guys were talking about last week when you were doing your picks, a lot of people picked Bray Wyatt to win, which kind of surprised me because I'd say, uh, to me, the most obvious pick in on the card is Lesnar going over Goldberg. So if if Bray wins, that's two quote unquote heels winning the championship at a WrestleMania. And how many times previously has a, a heel won the championship at WrestleMania? Two, three times. Yeah, it's been in the two title era. It was. I think it was a little more common, wasn't it? Oh, I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, it did. I mean, the first fifteen, it never happened, obviously. But um, I'm trying to think of heels that have walked out of Mania. Well, Seth Rollins, they did the big angle. Um, uh, Triple H in 2000. Austin, because yeah. they turned him heel. Yeah. Um, uh, Yokozuna, but then he immediately lost it to Hogan. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> heels that walked out of Mania as champion. They, Triple H. We said Triple H. Yeah. In 2000. I don't think he ever did, though. I'm just, let me think. Because, uh, well, Triple H beat Booker T. So if you want to go back to when they had two titles at 19, he beat Booker T as yeah. a heel. He defended the title. That was a very ill-fated program. Yeah. Um, other than there hasn't been a ton, though. You're right. I just I'm can't cool. see him doing, doing both titles on one show. I think when we were talking about the match on the show last week, that was kind of us looking at it as idealists that we thought Bray should have it, like he deserved it more. But I think didn't some of us say Orton would win. I think I it seems obvious. I but think, I'm going to stand firm. I mean, I could see Orton winning it. Um, I know that's kind of. I think that's what the odds say. But man, I I wouldn't change it now. They need to get more heat um, on the baby face there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean they built a hell of a program where the heels out for revenge here so <laughs> it was up to me if i could choose the outcome of one match it'd be that one and it'd be bray going over yeah i think that's that's kind of where we were last week you know that's a good it. point actually i agree with that completely that yeah, if there's one thing that i'm like man I, I would be if there's one you know if i'm in the writer's room and i'm arguing i'm like guys i think we got to keep the title on bray yeah i don't think they've really done much with him as champion except have them whining in front of the video screen. Well, and, and to me, this is their, their kind of their third opportunity to level him up. I think they could have done that at WrestleMania 30 by beating John Cena. They didn't. And even though it was kind of hokey when he stole the Undertaker's powers and uh, they had the match at Survivor Series, I think they had an opportunity there to do something special with him. Uh, and now once again with him embodying the spirit of Sister Abigail now or whatever, I, they, I think they once again have an opportunity uh, to make him level up. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about the Raw women's match trending up or down. I think that and, well, a little more on Brock Goldberg. That's all we got left on the card. Um, I don't know. I don't know where I'm at on this one. Kind of it's, trending down for me a little bit. Yeah, I just, the whole Raw women's division has been trending down for a long time. I guess, God, I'm, I'm really hoping for that Sasha heel turn. I think 
we said last week that we thought it's more likely on uh, Raw the next day than happening at Mania. Yeah, the actual turn, I think, would take place at a Raw. They might, like, kind of allude to it at Mania with the finish and then the actual, yeah, like, promo that Sasha would cut would be the next night. Didn't they, uh, they announced this is an elimination match now, right? That shocked me. Mm-hmm. That shocked me because I thought that doing just a, um, you know, one person gets pit one fall match would actually tell the story better with Sasha stealing a pin on Bailey, and then you would protect Charlotte and Nia Jax. I'm actually pretty surprised they went to the elimination gimmick. Yeah, I think there's only two ways this goes for Nia Jax now. Either she's the first eliminated after they all triple teamer, triple teamer because uh, she's the monster, or else she's winning it. Hmm. I, I think it, the last three are going to be Charlotte, Bailey, and Sasha. In the last two, I would think, if especially if they're going to do the Sasha heel turn, come down to her and Bailey. Yeah, that eliminate. The more I think about it, I don't think that was a wise move to do the elimination gimmick here. No. Makes it interesting. I, I, this is one of those matches I could have to be see any four of these win. They could go the old '80s booking and just do a double DQ for the two first two people, and just <laughs> only one person lays down. <laughs> um, closing thoughts on Goldberg and Lesnar, you guys. Anything we haven't mentioned on that match? We've already kind of alluded to it, but the finish seems obvious. Unless um, they got, unless they have Goldberg sticking around a little bit longer for another match right away, but I, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think that they would have Brock get the better, or I mean Goldberg get the better of Brock three times in a row. Yeah, that'd be kind of weird. I'm I'm hoping for a WrestleMania nine moment where Lesnar beats the crap out of Goldberg, and then out comes Balor to save the day. <laughs> that would be great. I think almost zero chance that happens. <laughs> yeah. What do we think? By the way, I thought of the only other time a heel walked out of Mania as a champion. It was at WrestleMania 26. Chris Jericho beat Edge. Yep. Yep. And that was not the top of the card. That was the, um, I think Cena Batista was the other title match, if I remember on that show. Yeah, that's right. Um, What do you think about Finn Balor possibly returning as a heel and costing Seth Rollins the match against Triple H and joining up with Triple H, Owens, and Joe? I would love it, but I don't think there's any way it happens. There's, I, I think I've said it before. There's just too much money in it at, with the demon figures with kids. Yeah, I, that's. I kind of was. That's that was my argument against it. That because then you really can't do that gimmick anymore because that's a babyface gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, but, I I agree. I I think there's too much money in merchandise with him, and it makes sense from a storyline. Yes, because he his character's got a bone to pick with Rollins for the injury. Yeah. I've t- I've talked ever since we started this show about how great he is as a like he's a better mm-hmm. heel than a face. You watch him in New Japan, but uh, not to go Nani, Johnny uh, New Japan no, in here, but he is a great heel. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it happens that soon. But uh, do you, I, speaking, you, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, if creating a WrestleMania moment, talking about this Rollins and Triple H match, maybe uh, Owens and Joe come down and Rollins is saved by uh, Ambrose and Reigns. Hmm. Shield reunite. Because I'm just because with Les, because I'm very intrigued. If you talk post Mania directions, the thing I'm most intrigued with is this whole concept, is there going to be like a new evolution? Because if Lesnar is the champion on Raw, he's not going to be around all the time. So you need to have another top heel act um, on that show. And to me, that's likely to be, you know, a new evolution or whatever you want to call it. Um, It just feels like they need someone else for that group. And I don't know who that's going to be. I think Bobby Roode would be perfect for the role, but I don't know if that's in the cards. Yeah, you you said that a few weeks ago. I re- I really like the Bobby Roode mm-hmm. angle with that, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, Kyle, how are your seats for the show? By the way, pretty good, I guess. Um, we're in the risers, so it's like you know, not on the floor, but it's I think one of the first few rows of the risers. So maybe I'll tweet a picture out or something like that. Nice. I don't know if I've ever tweeted a picture before. I'll I'll do it though. At TRP Kyle, give him a follow. Um. 
I'll be looking forward next week to hearing your thoughts from a Yeah, I'm, shows I'm, I'm interested weekend. to hear, um, you know, what it's like, you know, watching on TV versus, um, you know, my experience live. Because I probably won't watch the actual WWE Network broadcast until I don't know when. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to take this show home. So any closing comments before we sign off? Justin or Kyle, before we head on off into the sunset for WrestleMania weekend. Uh, just uh, it's three weeks late, but uh, congrats to Christopher Daniels on being the Ring of Honor champion. Well, that's a good one. Well deserved. Kyle, as you depart us for sunny Orlando, we are, I believe, four days and about four hours away from Brock Lesnar Goldberg. <laughs> I'm counting uh, down. Who's Kyle, Kyle Rosberg is ready for the big main event. <laughs> who is who is next, man? Come on. <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening to this week's edition of Top Rope Nation. Check us out on iTunes. Leave us a rating. Click subscribe. Pro Wrestling Tees, like I said, they got a 15% off sale. Pick up your Top Rope Nation or Top Rope Press gear on there. Just go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Top Rope Press, and you can get the Top Rope Nation shirt on there. It's a good-looking shirt. It'll get you all the ladies. Trust me. Um, check us out on TopRopePress.com, as always, and Patreon. And we will catch you guys after WrestleMania. I don't know if we're going to be doing a post-show or not. We haven't decided. Uh, Kyle, obviously, is not going to be available, but Justin and I haven't well, talked about that yet. I, what I, I, I will not be fitted to be <laughs> But, uh, yeah, follow us at TR Nation Podcast on Twitter, and we'll, we'll keep you on the loop on that. Otherwise, we'll be back with the standard show. Uh, middle of next week, we'll get Kyle's reaction. Everything went down. So enjoy WrestleMania. Catch you guys next time.